0: Welcome to the Modern Ministry Podcast, where we discuss key issues in contemporary ministry. The Modern Ministry Podcast is a weekly podcast put on by the John W. Rawlings School of Divinity. I'm your host, Jack Carson, and in today's episode, we have two guests, Drs. Vince Vitale and Joe Vitale, discussing how deconversion within Christianity can be a significant apologetic issue and then how we can address that issue.
1: We're here with Vince and Joe Vital, and uh, they are here with Ravi Zacharias, International Ministries, uh, here for the, the School of Divinity podcast. Um, and Vince is uh, the America's director, uh, correct? That's right. You got and, it. Uh, and then Joe is the dean of the Zacharias Institute. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I think both those titles are pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if no issue
2: that... what they mean, but they sound that's cool. scary to say. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. usually what happens. That's what we're yeah.
1: going for. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just a privilege to have both of you here. Uh, it's always a privilege to be able to sit with someone who, who cares so deeply about the gospel and the condition of, of mankind and, and knowing Christ, but also you guys are are just very down to earth in your approach and and humbleness, and we really appreciate that. Today uh, on this episode, we want to talk through a couple of things, and and I think the first thing that would really be an interesting um, conversation to to have and to hear your response to is is of late, uh, we've seen some prominent national um, uh, evangelical, I would use that term in in light of not probably having a different term to use, uh, leaders who have um, walked away from the faith, decommitted from their Christian faith, and so I wanted to throw this question out and just ask: Is is this a, a, a significant apologetic issue? And then could you give us some handles, maybe, on approaching those kinds of issues, even with our own students, and then expand that to how we lead in the church with that?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think oh, such a good question because I do think um, yeah. it it's an issue that really shakes people. I think in part because, you know, oftentimes you feel like I I don't have the time or space to really get my head around every theological issue, but that's okay because I trust my pastor, you know, so they know what they're talking about. They've done the research, they've thought it through. So I don't need to know everything. I can trust that they know more than me. So then when someone like that walks away and loses their faith, then you feel like, oh, well, if they're walking away and they know more than me, then what does that mean for me? Do I do I actually have solid ground to be standing on here? Or does it also throw up everything that I in turn believe? So I do think it can be extremely undermining. I think it says something maybe about um, the culture we're in where there isn't, especially in a, a sort of celebrity Christian culture, there isn't always this space. If you're someone who is kind of put up on a pedestal mm-hmm. and then you start having doubts and you start struggling, where do you, where do you go, go with that? You know, there isn't the space. I remember once speaking at a conference and a, um, a, a pastor's wife came up to me in floods of tears and she basically explained how she'd lost her faith three years before, but she hadn't told anybody. She hadn't told the church. She hadn't told her husband. The children didn't know she was acting like everything was fine because she didn't feel like she could be honest about it, but in the meantime, inside she was just falling apart and it was heartbreaking to be with her in that moment. But I was so glad she finally told somebody, but it made me think how many people feel like stuck in these, when they're pit in these places where when a struggle then comes along because they're human and they don't know everything, then there isn't the space to actually work things through in an honest sort of vulnerable way. Yeah, it
0: makes me think of Hebrews, you know, do not give up meeting together and you think, but this is my leader. This is my pastor. If anyone doesn't give a meeting together, you know, this guy's in church all week. Yeah. Um, But but of course, you know, the context of that verse is, you know, let's spur one another on to love and good deeds. And sometimes the people who are in that high level of leadership have the fewest people around them who are actually spurring them on in their life in a deep way, in a vulnerable way. So I think that's really significant as you're training leaders of the future. Yes, don't give up meeting together. But in the context of who is that group around you that's truly spurring you on. And one other thing to just, you know, keep in mind, while this is a significant apologetic issue, it's also the case that we shouldn't be overly surprised Mm -hmm. if it's the case that the enemy in particular goes after people who are in position of leadership and are having an impact for the gospel. So on the one hand, it is a significant apologetic issue, and yet we're not uh, devoid of some sort of understanding of why this might be the case. And we need to be ready for that, that if you're in a position of leadership, well, it makes perfect sense that there are forces uh, and an enemy who would want to take you down. Mm. Yeah, that's so true, that's so true. Go ahead.
2: No, I was just saying, I I think it's maybe interesting, um, but thinking about that question of, you know, who you're accountable to, but also and um, keeping your, your own faith alive. Because, uh, you know, often when I when I meet people who are in ministry, you know, the sort of reading you're doing is always to think be thinking of the next sermon or the next right. thing you're preparing for. But it's like how often are you reading the Bible for the Lord to speak to you, you know, right. to sit under scripture, to be challenged yourself. How much are you actually just uh, just really leaning into him or how much is it always thinking with a ministry purpose, ministry direction? So it's sort of flowing through, you know, from your brain to your mouth without getting into your heart. And, you know, because I often wonder how much when people walk away from the faith, is it because they've suddenly uncovered some major mm. evidence or new mm. argument that shows actually now I don't think God exists anymore. And this has been proven to me because right. I've discovered something new. And how much more is it really just about the heart and and maybe those practices, that intimacy with the Lord that that has, has lost its way, you know, rather than it being so much an intellectual issue, I often think, Maybe it has more to do with the heart, and therefore, you know, who's surrounding people in leadership and and do they have those disciplines and are they accountable? Are there people coming alongside and and helping them? Yeah,
0: and, and just, you know, one other thought on this the side of flip side of this as an apologetic issue is it's also an incredible opportunity for us as the church, when someone is struggling, how are we going to respond? So on the one hand, there's sort of the negative apologetic issue, how do we explain this? Here's someone who's supposed to have the spirit of a living God living within them, and now they're saying that they don't believe or they're not acting in accordance with the gospel. But there's also this positive opportunity that comes in, how will we as a church and a community respond to someone who is really struggling? And most communities that are out there, well, you don't believe what I believe anymore? see you later. You don't behave in the way that we say you should conduct yourself, see you later. So there's also a real opportunity here if we can respond with grace as the church to model a way of doing community which is very different from the way it's often done in the world.
2: Well, the Bible gives us a principle there, doesn't it? Be merciful to those who doubt. You know, what does that what does that look like in this situation? That's been a,
0: an ongoing
1: thing for me personally, as I've been doing even my own personal study. Uh, that the mercies of God uh, not just the verse that starts with the mercies we got to new every day, but He loves mercy uh, and He He delights in showing kindness and forgiveness. And I think deeply, uh, our students really want to know. Um, uh, some some important questions related to this and I think one of the questions that that comes out of this and even in recent days some of the the the, the leaders who have who have walked through this what is their spiritual condition how can someone hold on to their faith and, and make this kind of a turn you know who are, how, so can we trust and how do we respond to those types of questions
0: yeah really difficult and you know on the one hand uh, I want to say I'm so thankful that uh, our ability to be used by God is not conditional on our spiritual condition. I mean, I'm thankful for that in my own life. Uh, And I can think of people in my own story who, when I was coming to faith, were a part of my journey and who now have seemingly walked away from the faith. Mm. Uh, And that actually flabbergasts me that God, in his uh, foreknowledge, Mm -hmm would have known that somebody was actually going to turn away from him and yet decide to have the grace to use them in bringing someone else to him, his right. ultimate mission and purpose. So that's just one side of this. I'm thankful that our, our spiritual condition is not the precondition of God using us you know, for his service. And on the other hand, we need to take so seriously who he is calls us to be uh, and to know that what we're called to be, who we're called to be, um, are not just people who can be used by God for certain outputs, Mm -hmm. but to be a certain son of God or daughter of God that's living in a way that brings Him delight and brings communion between us and Him. So even when our spiritual condition is not where it should be, it's not that God doesn't have the power to use us anymore. But what is the basis of the relationship and the delight that might be there, be there between creator and created, given how it's being done? That's
2: good. Well, it's hard, isn't it, when you, because you, you think about that question, did someone never know God in the first place? I mean, some of the people we're talking about, mm-hmm. I love to quote them in my talks because sure. they speak such profound spiritual truth. Right. Or some of the written worship songs that I love to worship mm-hmm. to. You. And you sort of think, how, how could it? you've been in that place, it seems, and now you're here and um, but I do take comfort in the fact that I don't think the story's finished yet, you know, and, and really believing in a God, he leaves in ninety-nine to go after the one. And if someone is, has wandered off, like God God hasn't finished with their story and we don't know you know, we don't know where they've been, we don't know where they are now, but we, we do trust the God who's gonna pursue them with everything that he has and he had. And we, we saw that at the cross. And I think we will see that lived out in these stories as well. So yeah. for me, it's the response of God. I don't I don't know how to diagnose where they were, where they are now right. and where they're going, but I do believe that you're gonna do everything he can. So my response is really just to pray for them and mm-hmm. say, okay, we've just got to give this to you and, and Lord, would your mercy prevail?
0: Yeah,
1: I think that connects even back to what you said earlier. As we think about these, these these really tough questions, it comes back to the the heart, uh, and we know what Scripture tells us about the heart. Uh, we're admonished in Proverbs four, obviously, to guard the heart because every life issue flows out of it. We also see in the in the weeping prophet's testimony that the heart is so wicked, and and no one can really know it. I think at the other at the and the other side of that is is then as a person, you know, except by the grace of God. I could fall in that same same pathway. Absolutely. And, and so it pushes back into who am I uh, just between me and my Savior?
2: Yeah. And I think that's where it all falls, isn't it? Because it's that question of um, are we going to take ownership over our own faith or, or is our faith defined by the people we follow such that when they stumble, we stumble too. And you know, it's like when Paul's talking about, you know, some of you say, I follow Apollo, I follow Paul. And it, right. it's like, are we going to follow Christ? Are we going to follow him? Because He he's the one who won't lead us astray to any degree. But it means let's base what we believe on him. And let's do the hard work of owning our own faith and digging into the whole questions ourselves, rather than relying on someone else to have the knowledge and then falling apart when when it seems like they, they've wandered off and Christ is reliable.
0: Yeah. And when you're truly relying, you know, on Jesus, first and foremost, you're not devastated. You are devastated for the person, but your faith is not devastated when someone who you admired and who wrote a great book right. all of a sudden is walking away because you don't believe that the great ideas in that book came from them right. in the in the first place, in right. some sense, right? I mean, that, that was something that, you know, God gave them a gift uh, and all everything ultimately God is the source. And so you you continue to give the primary praise to him and not to the finite human person. The other thing which I just find so encouraging, you know, in this as just like you said, you know, any one of us is one turn away, two turns away. You know, we need to do our best to be three or four turns away. But you're right. We absolutely have to acknowledge that um, any one of us could wind up in a very difficult place. And if we ever did, and for the people who have, You know, in other faith systems, it would be very difficult to bring those sorts of emotions to God. How could he possibly relate to anything in the vicinity of what you're going through? And then you think of our Savior literally sweating blood as he wrestled with God and even knowing the experience of forsakenness, Right. right? That's in the vicinity of an emotion that maybe you could grab hold of and cling to and wrestle through with God as you go through this rather than just having to be disconnected from it.
1: This, this trickles down to every aspect of, of ministry life, especially leadership in, in various capacities, both in the local church and the parachurch. And I'm sure you have both experienced the, the demand that's there and to be, to be instantaneous and give us, give us results, produce something. And while the fruit of our labors, are, are not dependent on our own energies mm-hmm. um, we send to sometimes cater to that and we and we justify moving out, out the space off the table that gives us the opportunity to cultivate the heart mm-hmm. and I don't think we valued it enough and I think that's what I'm hearing from from a lot of the input you're giving us here is that we uh, we almost need to slow down mm-hmm. to give ourselves the room to just to, to cultivate a heart, Walk with Christ and uh, and allow Him to lead through us uh, to to keep us close to Him, to walk with the Shepherd, uh, obviously. So thank you for that. That was uh, that, that's very encouraging. I hope that our students and those that will listen to this will find some encouragement and maybe a, just a nugget of truth that they can they can use to encourage someone else in that process too. So appreciate you being here and helping us with this uh, conversation, and uh, we hope to uh, enjoy a little bit more of that here and in, in the near future. So thank you.
2: Thank you.
0: You just listened to the Modern Ministry podcast put on by the John W. Rawlings School of Divinity at Liberty University. Please reach out to us at www.liberty.edu forward slash divinity. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, and let us know if there's a pressing issue in your ministry that we should address
2: in this podcast.